Hey, hey, couples. It's time for another episode of Keeping Your Marriage Hot and Holy with your love coach, Pastor Chara Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today, I want to talk about how to get a response from your spouse that will enhance your overall connection emotionally, mentally, and physically. So there's this saying that goes, you cannot squeeze blood from a turnip, (laughs) meaning that you cannot get something that has nothing to give. So a stone has no way of producing blood, so expecting blood to come from it is actually crazy. The same is true when it comes to our relationships and our marriage. You cannot expect a person to produce what is not in them. We are expecting love, passion, and hot freaky sex when most of the time we are tired and emotionally empty. And the truth is most people are living life on empty from all of the cares of the world. There is so much pulling at us. So expecting us to produce and be a certain way in marriage, that is draining. Going to work, dealing with people, that is draining. Parenting is draining. Going to the grocery store is draining. Living during this time of disease and famine is draining. Trying to start and maintain a business is draining. Dealing with health issues is draining. Doing ministry, especially in a pandemic, is draining. The everyday cares of home, the cooking, the cleaning... All of that's draining. Friendships are draining. Trying to live an upright and holy life. Fighting the enemy and our flesh at the same time. All of that is draining. Most of us are being drained with absolutely no replenishment. We are so drained. We are feeling it in our emotions and in our spirits. And our souls are searching for fulfillment. And in marriage, we are expecting our spouses to fill these voids in the areas that have been depleted. And so there's nothing wrong with wanting our spouse to offer actions and words to fill us emotionally. The issue comes when the actions are not sufficient. Well, you might think, how can my actions that I give from my heart not be sufficient enough to satisfy my spouse? I'm doing it from my heart. Doesn't the saying go, what's from the heart reaches the heart? Well, yes. However, when it comes to love and marriage, you must... I mean, hear me, it's an absolute must that you speak the language that your spouse speaks or he or she will not be able to comprehend what you're saying. Actually, you doing an act that that you want done to you, it actually speaks selfishness. Well, anyhow, in marriage, you must learn your spouse's love language. Otherwise, you're speaking foreign. That's the truth. A person whose love language is touch understands hugs, holding hands, massage, rub downs, or etc as love they can tell when those things are empty or have no love connected to them and a person whose language is acts of service can tell when something is done out of obligation and there's no thought or no heart or anything put into it you may as well not even do it and honestly that's my love language is why i can tell you that one the truth is we get disgruntled when we have to ask someone to do something we think they should naturally do like One day, my husband asked me, you don't think to just come over and give me a hug sometimes? And my honest answer was no. I wasn't trying to be mean, and I was honestly just being honest because my love language is not touch, and my love language is acts of service. 
And I was honestly just empty. I had nothing to give. I was drained. So no, I did not think to go and give him a hug. But when I'm filled and rested, then yes, giving a hug, holding hands, all those things do come to my mind. The point is in this one, don't get disgruntled if you're not receiving it. Receiving it, excuse me. It could be that your spouse is just actually empty. It could be that they need a fill up too, right? All right, so listen, here's our very first place that we struggle. We speak our own love language to our spouse and then we get frustrated when they're not receptive or you don't get the reaction or the response that you want. Well, how can you? First of all, your spouse may be empty or depleted emotionally from the day-to-day of life. Now he or she is being asked to do something else that does absolutely nothing else for them emotionally. Then what you are given is not what they need. If you want your spouse to thrive and not just survive, then you have to give them what they need emotionally. We have to take care of each other's emotional and eros needs. Jesus will supply all of our natural and physical needs and he'll even do some of the emotional. But when it comes to the eros love, the love of romance, Jesus gave us one another for that. Okay, we have to handle that for our spouses, for each other. If you go to the doctors, most of them will give you life tools to help you live your life and not just survive. This is what the spoken love languages do. They are tools to help our marriages thrive and not just survive. The fact is too many marriages are living on life support with outside forces like technology, work, ministry, friends, and other things keeping us alive. Now, this is not how God designed nor expects our marriages to work. He gave us one another. We have to be the answer. We are the solution. Use the tools. They only work if you use them and you use them correctly in an unselfish manner. Here is another area that we struggle. We do one thing to speak our spouse's love language and we expect them to turn around and start being lovey-dovey for weeks or months to come. We do one thing, one act, and we expect heaven on earth. We do one act. We speak that love language one time and we expect them to be excited forever. (laughs) No, sir. No, ma'am. That one act you did was just like putting $5 worth of gas into your gas tank. You're not going very far or for very long. You have to add more. One act does not fill a love tank. It takes continuous acts to fill a love tank. One act is just a little bit of gas. And you have to remember that the withdrawals that are coming on our lives, they are always greater than the input that we receive because the withdrawals are not just coming from the spouse. The withdrawals are coming from every end of life. Listen, as married couples, we have an advantage. We have one another. We can do acts to fill one another. Whereas single people have to be creative to get their love tanks filled in a holy and a righteous way. So you probably want to take a few seconds and thank God for being married, okay? Because you have an advantage. So we have to look at filling our um, spouse's love tank as we look at making investments. If you are clueless about making natural investments and getting a return on investments, then you will struggle when it comes to marriage. Naturally, when you make an investment, you are told about the percentage on which you're going to get a return. The more you invest, the greater the return. So the same is true in marriage. The more you invest in your spouse, the greater the return you will receive. If you only invest a little, you only going to get a little. If you only invest every once in a while, then you only going to get a return every once in a while. 
We must stop expecting so much from our spouse when we are not reciprocating the actions. There's a divine law of reciprocity that works for money. These that that same law works when it comes to love. We've, we hear about it in the Bible. If you read the Bible, you reap what you sow. You get a return on what you do and what you don't do, if that makes sense. So listen, if you're waiting for your spouse to be the first one to make a move to invest, then you have totally missed the concept of investment. True, there are some investors, people who invest in business or ideas who only do so if there is a guaranteed return on their investment and they put terms on that agreement. But that's not the case when it comes to love. When there's an investor, there's no love between the parties. It's only business. But that's not the concept in love. It doesn't work that way. When we married, we vow to we, we vow to the investment in terms of for better, uh, worse, life or death, richer or poor. Those were our terms. So the investment is not a give and take principle. It's actually not a tit for tat principle. It's a sore receiver principle the sower is the receiver the one who gives is the one who receives in return so in order for you to get love return you must give some love and the love you give must be in alignment with what the person needs you have to fulfill a need you don't give for the sake of getting back you give because there is a need then your generosity is reciprocated and returned to you pressed down shaking together and running over Unfortunately, too many marriages are functioning in a tit for tat normality, which is causing for a loss of love and our hearts to be really hard. And too many of our marriages are functioning in a let me do this so he or she will do that or well, we haven't had sex in a while, so let me do this. All of these are impure, ungodly motives, and they are empty, futile and leading to divided, separated marriages. Come on, you have to know. Your spouse can tell that your heart is not in what you do or say, right? Listen, guys, we got to get ourselves together. Listen, if we constantly put our other things like work, church, ministry, school, social media, computer, phones, friends, and you know all these other outside forces before your spouse, then you can count on him or her giving you some attitude or frustration. Stop acting like um, you don't know why somebody is frustrated. Your spouse must know that he or she is the first and foremost in their life, in your life. Your spouse must feel that he or she is special and important to you. This must come beyond you going to work and paying bills or beyond you cooking and cleaning the house. Those things are non-negotiables and necessities for listen, I mean, for life. You know, those things are appreciated and they will get done whether you are married or not because the truth is married or single you have to go to work you have to eat so you will cook and you probably don't want to live in filth so you will clean those don't warrant or say oh you're special spoken love languages speak to the importance and the specialty of a person many have defaulted to other things to fill the void that's left from neglected and unfilled love tanks but be very careful with using these outlets that is supposed to be filled by love from a person. These outlets will lead to fulfilling the flesh in ungodly ways, ultimately causing a demise in your marriage. Now, this can totally be avoided if we focus on being kind to one another and applying some godly principles. So, you know, it's really simple. OK, we just be kind. Now, I do need to say this. If you have a problem being kind to your spouse or if you have to be reminded to be kind to your spouse, then your spouse is probably not the problem. 
being kind should ooze out of your life. You are responsible for your own actions. Kindness is an attribute of the Father, an attribute of Jesus, and a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Kindness and compassion is how Jesus flowed, and he commands us to be the same. There is absolutely no reason or excuse to you have for being mean or unkind to your spouse. You need to check your heart, get right with God, then focus on treating your spouse better. Now, if your marriage has gotten to a place where meanness has become the norm for the both of you, I recommend that you both seek God and go on a fast. You need to break that spirit off of your life and off your marriage. It's blinding you to the realities of the love that you share. It's stopping you from living a godly life. It's causing hypocrisy in your life. And if you find it easier to be nice to people outside of your home who don't really get to know you, but then be mean and unkind to the ones who clean after you, support you financially, mentally, see all of your flaws, put up with all of your many ideas, go through the rough and the tough times with you. And you find it easy to be mean to them, but nice to those who don't get to see those things. Then you are not being genuine to yourself and you are not being genuine to God. Your spouse deserves your kindness, your investment into them and your acts of love. Now, the truth is, if you have been mean to your spouse for any certain amount of time and now you are attempting to be nice and you don't feel like he or she is accepting it, then you need to be patient. Don't expect an an overnight turnaround because it took some time for that meanness to take effect in their life. If you uh, if you get attitude, sharp response or defensiveness or cold shoulders, keep being nice. Keep being kind. God said it is with love and kindness that I have drawn thee. He did not. He did not despise their response. He did. He did it. And he were he was being kind and loving regardless of their response. So get over yourself and change the situation. Be patient and be kind. Keep working on it. It will turn around. We have to make sure we speak our spouse's love language and we have to make sure that we are taking them into consideration, investing into our marriages and doing things from the kindness, genuineness of our hearts. Okay, okay, I'm not going to keep taking up time on this because I have so much to say about this because we really need to be focusing on how to get a better meaningful response from our spouse and we it has to start with us we are responsible for what we're going to get back in return so listen i'm going to do part two of this message next week with eight ways to get a meaningful response from your spouse they are going to be powerful they are going to be very very helpful Listen, I'm praying for your marriage. I'd like to pray for you specifically. If you'd like for me to pray for your marriage, please send me a message on my website, www.teamtaylorministries.com. I thank you so very much for joining me for this episode of Keeping Your Marriage Hot and Holy. I ask that you do share this podcast with your friends so that the message is spread abroad and that marriages are saved, healed, and delivered in Jesus' name. Thank you again so much for joining. And until next time, I want to say God bless you and your marriage and make sure that you're awakened in love, keeping your marriage hot and holy.